Welcome to the podcast, Of Course They Make Me Crazy. It's for those of us who love someone who suffers with a mental illness. You can start to feel lost in their world. And I get it. I grew up with a bipolar mom addicted to pain pills. Hoping the story shared here will help you through difficult days. It's not all serious. We laugh and we joke too. If you have little ones around, pop in your headphones, adults only, please. I have Kyle Mitchell on with me today. Hey there, buddy. Hello. Uh, Hello. So he's a mental health advocate. He is a speaker, a podcast host, but his passion lies with teenagers and their health. And, you know, you're passionate about that, Kyle, because... For almost a decade, you struggled with anxiety, and after being able to, to, to cope with that and conquering your struggles, you decided that you wanted to move on and, and, and help others. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, pretty much what I tell people, you know, why I got so uh, centric focused on teens is I basically want to be that person that I wish I had in high school. Yeah. So for me, like growing up in high school, I I swear, I, I didn't know what mental health was. I didn't know what anxiety or social anxiety was. I thought I was just this weird person that felt or was just like a different kind of human being. And I was like this outlier. And so I, I didn't know that it was, you know, anxieties that, that I was struggling with. So I, I that's, you know, that's what I want to be. I want to help people and I want to help teens specifically you know, with mental health, social anxiety, and my mission is to help 1 million teens go from socially anxious to socially confident. I love it. And you have a big goal there. It's always good to have goals. Uh, and, you know, it's so funny because looking at you, you know, when we were first talking, I was I was like, he still looks like he is in high school, but you have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it works, right? Because they can relate with me. It's like, I just I just graduated. <laughs> Not really, but it looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on to that baby face, you know? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, all right. Um, and you do that and help teens by going into school and speaking to them. And you're actually, you're part of the um, National Alliance of Mental Illnesses and, and you speak for them. But tell me a little bit about that. So you don't necessarily work one-on-one with teens, but you go in and I guess you share your story and what what magic happens during that time. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is just bringing more awareness to the subjects, making people feel like, hey, I'm not alone. You know, I I can relate to what Kyle's saying. You know, I feel that same way right now. And I think just having that simple bit of awareness, just that that little bit can provide so much more relief and say like, okay, I'm not alone. Like this guy did it. You know, he took these steps, these actions, you know, I can do the same. And like I said in the beginning, you know, I'm trying to be that person that I wish I had. And I wish somebody would have came into my school and told me about anxiety and mental health because like I said, I, I thought I was this outlier weirdo and it would have been so helpful had I known, you know, that I was not the only one, that there's literally probably hundreds of people around me in the same school that I was that was feeling the exact same way that I did. Yeah, you know, and that's, again, why I started the podcast is so I could be, you know, someone for others that I, I needed back in the day too. you know, living with a, 
a mom who was uh, you know, addicted to pills and bipolar, it, you know, that mental health can really wear on you too. So I, I get you, you know, wholeheartedly with that. So uh, I love the story of, because I think even just parents listening to this, maybe there are some teens listening to this. I think, you know, depending on where they're at, they, they might be out of school. Um, you had this very endearing story that you shared about, I think, being a new kid and you walking the halls. Tell me a little bit about that and what went on in your mind, because I love the way you rationalized everything. And uh, it'll probably make people feel better because I know that I've done some pretty crazy stuff just to make myself look busy. So maybe the teacher didn't call on me and you know what I mean? Or it just, so tell tell us that story about you wandering the halls, (laughs) pacing them. Yeah, absolutely. So just to provide a little bit of context at the beginning of my sophomore year, I transferred from this like really small private school with like 200 kids in the whole high school. And then I transferred to this very large public school with about 1600 students. So, I mean, just that alone was like quite the culture shock, whether you struggle with social anxiety, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's going to be quite the, the shock for you, but it was definitely one for me. And I remember that I quickly realized that the bus dropped me off 40 minutes before my first class even started. And, you know, I didn't know what to do for 40 minutes. I was, you know, it's the first time I've ever been to public school. Uh, First time I didn't even have to wear a uniform. First time wearing a bus. You know, I don't know anybody here. And so I was like, oh, got to find a way to blend in or something. And I I think I told you in our phone call before, you know, I was, me personally, I'm totally comfortable or would have been totally comfortable just going and sitting in the corner and just being by myself. But because I had this social anxiety, I feared people would judge me negatively you know, wondering, you know, who's that kid over there? I've never seen him before. He has no friends. Like, what a loser. Like, that was the kind of thoughts that I thought people would be thinking about me, you know, right. whether they're rational or not, probably not. But, and so that's where I came up with my plan, which was to walk the halls repeatedly over and over for 40 minutes until that first bell rang, just so I would not feel like I was just in the spotlight. And I knew with, you know, there being so many students in there, it was, essentially like an airport type of feel that I could just easily blend in with everybody. And, you know, nobody would ever notice. Um, uh, One day, eventually somebody did notice and and call me out. Uh, I don't know if you want me to get into the story or not, but uh, yeah, Yeah. I I ended up getting called out on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell it, tell it. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So uh, yeah, I got on the bus to head home from school And this girl approaches me on the bus, you know, in front of everybody and said, you know, why do you walk in circles at school every morning? And I I don't think she had like malicious intent or anything, but I just remember, you know, having that feeling that we've all had at least once in our life where it feels like your heart just drops down into your stomach. I just felt it just drop down in there and it just felt so embarrassed and ashamed and humiliated and You know, it kind of sucks because the next day of school, I knew I couldn't walk the halls anymore. Because I know you're like, what the hell am I going to do with myself? (laughs) Right. Right. I was like, well, thank you. You totally ruined my plan. That was a really good one in my eyes. But yeah, from that from that day forward, um, you know, like I said, I couldn't walk the halls anymore. So I would just go in the bathroom stall every single morning and I would sit there and I would cry. And I would have all like these rushing thoughts in my head, like. God, why can't you do this? Like, why aren't, 
Why can't you make friends? Why aren't you normal like the other kids? I just had all this stuff just like rushing in my mind. It was pretty much like my personal like rock bottom yeah. of like just I, I, you know, I was at the point of like, I, I don't know what to do. Like I'm done. I, I have no idea what to do. And that's what uh, eventually led me to speaking out about it as far as, you know, sharing how I was feeling with my parents and sharing how I was feeling with my uh, school counselor, which was extremely helpful. And that's, that's what I always tell people to do first. If they're asking like, you know, what can I do? Like get, get it out, go express yeah. how you feel to somebody you trust. And there's gotta be someone around, you know, if it's, if it's not your family or your parents or siblings, you know, go a coworker, teacher, a classmate, somebody that you know you can trust that you can at least just let all this out because when i finally was able to do that i just felt like this major relief of myself and it was just like oh it feels so good to get that out and it's just it's so common especially with men to just bottle up our feelings yeah but i'm just i'm so like i don't want uh, against that i don't know if that's probably a better word for that but just Anytime I'm feeling something and I still have resistance to it, you know, I, ha I have to go talk to somebody, you know, like the other day is a few weeks ago and I was not feeling in the best headspace, honestly. And I was, you know, I called up my brother and I was like, Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Like, I don't really, I'm not really looking for advice or like solutions, but honestly, I just need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to be able to just hear me out. Can you do that for me? You know, and he was able to, to listen. But I think that's so powerful to be able to do that and to learn to do that. And it, it's so much better than just holding it all in all the time. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I, I it's, it's so I just think that that story that you told about pacing the halls is just so prevalent because it, it's it just it's it speaks a thousand. That's exactly what the other kids are doing, except now they're looking at their cell phones, right? And they're visiting yeah. themselves with their heads down versus, you know, being able to, to, to do something other than just go into the stall and hide. Or they go in the stall and hide and they have their phones <laughs> to yeah. keep them busy in the stall. <laughs> exactly. So, oh gosh. Um, yeah, because I was looking on your Instagram uh, page, which is which is filled with great information. And so it's social underscore anxiety underscore Kyle, but we'll have that in the show notes, but you had a few stats. Um, you know, one in three youth are not receiving the mental health services that they need. And uh, why do you think that is? Uh, I think we're trying to adapt to mental health being normal. Yeah. I, I think it's it's an ongoing battle. And I think that's something that we've kind of like started to work our way. And I think with the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff, it kind of got upped a little bit, which has been fantastic. But we're still trying to figure out how to deal with mental health. And for I mean, from what I what I can tell, it's just a lot of people are honestly kind of uncomfortable with it and not sure what to say to people or how to help. And so that's why I like to go in the schools and, you know, share my story and, you know, teach these kids like here, Hey, here's what I did, man. Like, this is what I did. This is my three-step formula that I used. Here's something that you can use. And, 
And I, I think that's uh, so we're we're on the right track, I think, of starting to implement more mental health into schools. I'd really like to see it be a part of like the permanent curriculum. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're on the way there. Um, just kind of a, a side note. When I was in high school, one day a year we had do- we had donated towards mental health. So in PE, one day a year they talked about mental health, and that's just ridiculous. I, that's just absolutely unacceptable. We should be talking much more about this. It's so much more important than probably some of the other little ticky tacky things that they talk about in schools. But yeah. I mean, what's what's more important than for people, you know, teens to learn how to be happy, how to how to deal with these, you know, anxious emotions, how to deal with spouts of depression, because we all go through it. I go through it. You know, mm-hmm. I have a, a period of time where it's like I just feel like I'm just skyrocketing down. And, you know, if I didn't know how to, like, get myself out of that spot, you know, I might be stuck there for years. And I think that's just so unfair. So that, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I know it's it's uh, easier said than done when it's, uh, you know, a teenager who's wants to just bottle everything up. And uh, they do. And it's just so hard to break through sometimes. But you are breaking through to some teens because I know that you were mentioning that your DMs kind of blow up after you speak at schools. And, you know, what do some of the teenagers say to you after you've spoken? And and it's nice that they actually do reach out because some can be just so closed off that they would never do that. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing that I hear is just people saying like, hey, thanks for coming in and speaking. Like, I really appreciated that. I know I've been going through this and I wasn't sure if I was be able to get through it. And, you know, what you said today just gives me a little bit of hope, like I can do this. And so those, those are the best messages to receive. I'm a, I'm a big believer that vulnerability is a superpower. So I just try to be extremely vulnerable as far when it, it comes to my own, you know, mental health, as far as, you know, stuff that I've dealt with in the past, I'm an open book about it, stuff that I deal with, you know, now in the present, I like to be, uh, open about it in a, a reasonable time. You know, I have to go through my my own cycles, but you know, I, I like to see every little like cha- I don't even want to use the word challenge, but, uh, but every challenge is as an opportunity, really. So anytime I'm I'm going through something, you know, now, you know, I think okay, one, how can I, you know, move past this? How can I grow? How can I get better? And then okay, now I'm going to tell everybody how I, how I just went through what I just went through. Like, here's this, uh, you know, crap that I just went through and here's what I did to get out of it. And so I think just being extremely vulnerable, just being extremely honest with people really touches a chord. And it's like, Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, you know, not feel okay. We all, we've all heard that. And is that your number one, you know, point to make to them is that it's okay to feel this way or what are, what, what's one of your first steps or a step that you suggest in your three-step program for those kiddos? Yeah. So the first step is shower yourself with self-love. I think mm-hmm. that's so important and there's tons of ways to do this. Um, my personal favorite way and the way I like to teach the kids, including my own kids is to, you know, use self-affirmations. But I, I think a lot of people have heard of self-affirmations and maybe even tried them. 
and then thought like, you know, this doesn't really work for me or I don't feel anything. And so I, I like to really dive deep into that and like teach people how to do it the correct way. Because there's, it's one thing to say, look into the mirror and say, you know, I am confident. I am amazing. <laughs> I am great. I bring value everywhere I go. But like, that's not doing anything. You don't even believe it while you're saying it. And on the other sense, but it's or on the other side, it's hard to believe those things when you don't believe them. So yeah. I kind of figured out this little hack that I learned from uh, Natasha Grano, and that is to play um, music while you're doing it. And so music that's going to like hype you up, like get you jazzed up. So for me, I like to play like um, battleground or battleground, like battle scene type music. Yeah. So if you've ever like watched a movie, like a battle scene, you know, they got that music that's going like, and you're like watching the movie and like you're getting all hyped and yeah, you feel like yeah. you're getting really into it. Like you're actually in the battle. And so that's the music I like to play. And like, if you see me in my bathroom in the morning, I look like a lunatic, but <laughs> I, I'm having a great time. Like I'm jumping up and down. And while that music's playing, you know, I'm staring myself in the eyes and I, I say everything with emotion when that music helps. And when you can say it with emotion, like you actually already believe that, you know, I am confident. I am amazing. You know, I bring value everywhere I go. And when yeah, you can right. actually get yourself to believe that you can trick your sub kind of trick your subconscious mind into believing it. And then once you believe it, you are it. I mean, the only difference between a confident person and an unconfident person is the confident person believes that they're confident, while the unconfident person doesn't believe so. There's no genetics to it. It's just you've got to have that belief system. The only thing that you're missing is just that you don't believe that you're socially confident. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I love I love listening to Eminem old school, old school. I'm going to lose yourself. <laughs> I, get all, <laughs> I get all hyped up with him, you know, but uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, I tell my nephew, so I have a, I have a teenage nephew and, and um, you know, he would kill me, but I, you know, I say to him, Hey bud, you know, go listen to like sports players talk, you know, just, you know, kids love YouTube, right? Get on and like it was Michael Strayhorn was on Ed Milet. I don't know. So Ed Milet is a, has a big podcast. He's a big podcaster. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. And um, he had Michael Strayhorn on. I think I'm saying Michael's last name right, but you know the um, anchor to ABC, big football player, everything. Yeah, and yeah. he was even talking about you know being insecure and uh, scared, you know, about doing things. And it's like. If they could grasp onto things like that too, right? Besides, you know, just putting themselves in on social media. But if they would just, you know, get in and listen to even those kind, you know, people talking about it, it would probably, you know, help them out too, just like you're doing. Um, so I, I just love that. I think that's great. And um, I, you know, I, I wish you much success. But, you know, Kyle, as a mom or dad, because you are a dad and, you know, eventually you're going to have to deal with this probably, too, with your kids, um, if you haven't already. What should a mom and dad or an aunt and uncle be doing or saying to their teens to to maybe vet some of this from from going down so dark, you know, that 
they can't really find a, a way out. Um, is there something that we should be doing regularly uh, as, as adults uh, and, and, you know, asking them or saying certain things to them? What, what's your advice on that? So I, I think the biggest thing is, and this may be a little bit harder with teenagers, but I'll jump back to them. But the earlier you can get your kids enrolled in the idea that mental health is a normal thing, the better. Like the more yeah. proactive you can be with their mental health and your own, the better. And so that's something that I do with my kids and, you know, that me and my wife both do is, you know, we we meditate at night. We do you know, gratitude journals. Well, they don't write because they're not that, at that level yet. My oldest is only seven, but, uh, you know, we have them, you know, we have them speak it out into existence and just, you know, we uh, attentive to their feelings like, Hey, how, how are you feeling today? Or yeah. if, you know, they ha- had a bad day at school, just, I mean, my daughter came home yesterday and was, ha- had a bad day at school. Apparently some kids making fun of her or something yeah. and just, being there and listening. Uh, and I think that's really the biggest thing you can do for, you know, parents or aunts and uncles or grandma and grandpa that have a teen that they're watching after, you know, it's hard to be proactive. It's hard to get a teen to, you know, get them to like, okay, let's, let's start meditating or let's start doing gratitude, but maybe you can start off as, as simple as just listening. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's such like a, a simple tip, but it's such a, such a powerful one. And it's it's more more than just listening, but not trying to fix the problem. Yeah, I, I know for me personally, when I hear someone have a problem or if my wife is complaining about something that happened at work, like my mentality is like, I know how to fix this. Like, let me just do it. <laughs> so but most of the time when people are, you know, uh, sharing how they're feeling about something, they're not looking for you to fix it. And so when you try to come in and give all your advice and how to fix it, how to solve their problem. They aren't, they aren't wanting to hear that at all. That like turns them off a hundred percent. And so the biggest thing is just listening, asking them how they feel. And when they tell you that, you know, they feel anxious or they feel sad, you know, don't try to be like, well, you got, you know, you have a roof over your head and, uh, you know, say, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I understand. Like, I, I hear you. I hear you. You, f- you feel sad. Like, I get it. Like, validate that emotion that they're feeling because it is a real thing. Like, if you feel something, it's a valid emotion. It's not something we make up. No one wants to be, you know, waking up sad or feeling angry. And it's just uh, an emotion that we're feeling at this moment. So validate it. That, that's That's the biggest thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, and there was another stat that I wanted to share that you shared on your Instagram. It was 46% of teens have shown new or worsening mental health conditions since the start of the pandemic. And, um, you know, that's an alarming uh, statistic. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm surprised it's not higher, to be honest with you. But, you know, stats can be so one-off, right? It's not just absolutely because that's the stat. That's actually a reality. But, um, and, uh, and you, you know, you were talking about because they're so isolated. And you hear that on the news, too, right, that they're, they're isolated. They can't be with their friends. So 
they're, you know, they're sad and they're feeling anxiety where, you know, again, my, my teenage nephew is like, Hey, I don't, Aunt April, I don't, I don't have to go back to school. <laughs> Like when he called freshman year, the little shit got out of freshman year of high school pretty much because of it. And he was totally fine with that. Right. You know, but um, every kid's different, you know, so it's 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 interesting. Uh, And so are you being asked to talk in more schools now that everything's opening up? Do you see that becoming more prevalent Um, with those stats Are more and more schools trying to you know, bring people in like yourself since, since the pandemic. Yeah. There's starting to be a little bit of an opening now that COVID's on, I guess uh, on a, a decline, we'll say that. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a little bit more openness to, you know, having people in schools. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's becoming a lot more serious because they're seeing this as a problem. Uh, two weeks ago, they declared kids' mental health a national emergency yeah. um, by several different uh, pediatric, you know, national pediatric organizations and psychological um, children's organizations calling it a national emergency. And I mean, not only just now, but even one of them was saying, you know, it's really been a national emergency for like the past 10 years. Right, uh, we right. just haven't really done anything about it. So, I mean, like I said, we're we're going in the right direction. It's, yeah. it's slow, but it is steady. So uh, I, I can't complain about that. I'm just grateful that, you know, we're starting to take more initiative, it's starting to be a little bit easier to get into schools because there's always, you know, when I first started doing this, which was I mean, literally like right before the pandemic, as far as me speaking in schools, there's a, a, a little bit of a convincing you have to do because like I said, people are uncomfortable with mental health. Right. No, it's totally uncomfortable. It's yeah, it's no one wants to talk about it. And yeah, but we all are. Or sometimes people don't even want to hear about it. Right. It's just like they're like, you know, it's almost become so talked about that. I fear that it's starting to become white noise in a way. Um, And I hope that's not the case, you know, but it it, um, but I don't doubt that it's it's a pandemic among teens. and you're so right that schools need to be the number one. I mean, think about it. I mean, I don't know how different we are in age. I'm, I'm going to assume I'm much older than you. But um, in schools back in my day, it was, you know, talking about flossing and brushing your teeth. And then you had, you know, your your weird sex ed um, classes. Yeah. And then, you know, you had your classes or your movies or your videos or whatever that showed awkward family situations, which mostly had to do with maybe, you know, some families don't have enough money to eat, you know, and, and, you know, um, you know, some, some kids don't go home to a loving mom and dad and, you know, those kind of things where it was allowing other students to say, Hey, maybe not everybody is like, you know, my family. And, um, and then if you don't have enough to eat on the table, you know, you're watching this video or this thing saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, people do realize that maybe I don't have something to eat, you know. So I think uh, that mental health, uh, do they play videos and in, in programming um, at schools that you've been in? Do you know, Kyle? Do they have those kind of video things, you know, that we used to have to watch? 
Um, I, I'm not super, super sure on like what videos yeah. they show. Uh, I mean, I'll, from what I can tell, there's some schools that have a lot more mental health resources than yeah. others. I mean, I've been to schools that they actually have, you know, licensed therapists on staff, which is yeah. cool. And then yeah, some that, yeah, some that don't really have anything at all. You know, I mean, they have school counselors, which is great, but I mean, that's, that's as far as it goes. So, I mean, it, it's, it all kind of varies depending on the school. Yeah, no, absolutely. Of course. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for, for being here. Is there anything else that you want to add before we, we close this up? Anything else I want to add? Um, <laughs> I feel like I have oh, to use this, this time wisely. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'd say my, my biggest thing is, you know, make your mental health just as high as a priority as your physical health. Don't let the shame get involved. You know, we shouldn't feel shameful about saying, you know, I got to miss work or I got to miss school to I got to go to therapy. You know, we have shame in that, but we don't have shame. in you know, I got to miss school or I got to miss work because uh, I broke my leg or, you know, I, I have the flu. But like, what's what's the difference? I mean, one's just ailing the you know the physical part of your body and you know one's ailing the mental and minds mind, mind part of your body and we all have mental health it doesn't mean you're crazy everybody has mental health everybody has mental health struggles from time to time and so i think the biggest thing is just make it a priority and you know don't don't be afraid to be vulnerable share your story like just do a little bit and you never know what your story can help somebody else no, absolutely. You know, I, I'm one that doesn't get sick very often, knock on wood. Um, and uh, but when I do need days off, it has to do with mental health. You know, it has to do with like a, just I'm exhausted mentally and I need to get myself back. Otherwise, I will get physically sick if I don't do that. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, they're exactly. Interconnected. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And if you like this, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Let's build a community. We cannot maneuver this crazy life alone. You can also follow on Instagram at, of course, they make me crazy. And I would love for you to join our private Facebook group. And of course, they make me crazy venters. You can do that by going to, of course, they make me crazy.com.